the fire. Just by changing our perspective, focusing on what really matters, focusing on the good thing, releasing the negativity, the anger, the poison, the bitterness, that can make a huge difference and impact us in so, so many ways. So bitterness is poison, but the opposite of that, changing our perspective, that's what brings us peace. And we can choose to do that. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. Welcome to Through the Fire. We are on the case talking about the tough issues in the culture today, facing them with some psychological and theological explanations and applications that we hope will bless you. And during our last podcast, I spoke about the reasons for holiday stress and what one can do about it. This week, as I was wrapping presents and watching Christmas movies, one of my favorites being A Christmas Carol, the original version from 1938 and the Muppets version with Michael Caine from, you know, what, Greg, in the 1990s? It was it that late, but I, I tell you what, to me, it lives in infamy. I know, it's a special <laughs> little film, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it, it really is. is. And no matter how many times I see them, either one of those. I mean, the lessons hit me differently depending right. on what is going on in my life and what has, has gone on. Uh, so I thought you and I might be able to talk about the lessons of the Charles Dickens story today. Um, and there's a fellow therapist uh, by the name of Mark Webb who wrote an article itemizing 20 lessons that he noted from the story. So what do you think? Want to give it a go? Well, yeah, let's do that. And before we get going on that, let, let, let me give a brief summary of the story. So everybody, maybe some of you haven't heard it, haven't seen it, uh, it's a, an, or haven't read it. So seven years after the death of his business partner, Jacob Marley, a miserable old man named Ebenezer Scrooge is working in his office. And I ad- adapted this to working in his office in Washington, D.C., which is where I'm at right now. And he hates everything. He hates happiness, love, family, generosity, and he especially hates Christmas and his nephew Fred invites him over to Christmas dinner and Scrooge yells at him and refuses. And then he yells at the people collecting charity donations. He grumbles and complains that his clerk, Bob Cratchit, gets a paid day off for Christmas. How how ridiculous, right? Well, that night, that night, Scrooge is haunted by his former business partner, Marley's ghost, which warns Scrooge uh, that the dead who live bad lives are forced to roam around and not be at peace And the ghost tells him that three other ghosts are going to appear uh, to him that night and caution Scrooge to change his life before it's too late. And so then Scrooge gets a visit from the ghost of Christmas past, who takes him on a tour of his childhood memories. And he starts crying when he remembers himself as a neglected boy. And the ghost visits Scrooge's young adulthood when he uh, rejected his fiance. He didn't learn the lessons of hospitality from his friend, uh, mentor, Fezziwig. I love that name, Fezziwig. You know, if we would have had a third child, Marie, uh, we could have named him Fezziwig. How about that? Fezziwig Celts. That would have been lovely. Finally, the ghost of Christmas present flies him around the country to show how grateful others make the most of the season by sharing with friends and family. He stops at his nephew Fred's house where a group of friends are laughing and playing games. Scrooge then gets shown the very meager, lovingly prepared Christmas dinner at his employee Bob Cratchit's house, whose youngest son, if you remember, is Tiny Tim, a fragile and sick 
yet saintly boy. And last, he's visited by the ghost of Christmas yet to come, where Tiny Tim is dead. The Cratchit family is bankrupt, and Scrooge is dead with no one mourning him, uh, where his corpse is surrounded by people haggering over his belongings. Upon viewing his own grave, he promises to reform. And then the next morning, he awakens in his own bed, and he's filled with hope and cheer. He sends a goose to his employee, Cratchit's house. He attends his neighbor, Fred's party. He gives a surprisingly huge donation to the charity that visits him and lives the rest of his life the way he probably should have lived the previous part of his life with compassion and hope and joy with others. So that's the story. And now we're going to tell you some lessons, right? Marie, we're going to talk about some lessons from that story. Right, because that truly is a spirit of Christmas. Compassion, joy, gratefulness, thankfulness. Lots of possible lessons are jam-packed in that story. So thank you for giving us a synopsis of that. Is that a good rendition? Was Dickens proud? Dickens was very proud, and I think Mark <laughs> Webb would appreciate that, too, so people can okay. understand <laughs> what we're Good. talking about. So here's a line that describes Scrooge, uh, and this is uh, described uh, in the book uh, by Charles Dickens. He says, oh, but that he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Wow. Isn't that lovely? Well, when you think of how powerful that is, though, those words, though, and I love the last word, though, and that's the one word no one talks about today, sinner, old sinner. I mean, a rebellious, uh, cogity old man who hates everything. And if you hate Christmas, you actually hate God, too. And this is the kind of person you are. And that's why I love the first lesson he wants us to learn from this is that bitterness is poison. I mean, that was the first one that hit me when you sent me the stuff from his article, and, and again, you know, I was just thinking about that, you know, holding negative emotions, it'll harden your heart, make you old before your time, saps life from your life. And I don't know why it is, but it just seems that people today are maybe, well, I know this has always been true, but we're, it's more natural to be negative mm-hmm. in this world, right? I mean, positive news doesn't sell. Negative news sells. I mean, Prince, what's his name? And Megan, what's her name? You know, boo, hoo, hoo. Everybody else is mean, mean, mean to us. They just got paid $100 million. But what did they do? They sold all of their family. under. You know, they sold them out for a buck. Okay? And, and, and it's selling. People are watching that stuff. I love this other story I just read where it said Einstein in his class. He just went through a very, very easy thing. He said, you know, what's nine times one, nine times two, nine times three? And he goes all the way up to nine times 10, right? And he says, nine times 10 is 91. Well, that was the first thing he got wrong. Well, that's all they remembered about that experiment. The next day, he said, what did, what did you guys talk about? Well, the fact that you got it wrong. He said, I got nine of them right and one of them wrong, and all you remembered. Yeah, you remembered nothing but negative. So to me, bitterness is all wrapped up in all of that stuff wrapped up in one unleashed in our own lives as we tell ourselves stories of being victims, mistreated, unlucky. When Christmas, not just this, uh, you know, this movie or this book, when Christmas loudly proclaims you're blessed by God, I mean, he sent you a Savior's Christ the Lord. He cares for you in everlasting love. Perfect love in him casts out fear, dispels bitterness, and and then the fr- in friendship and all the things that you have in this life as blessings. All of that is more real than the bitterness that you're holding on to. Focus on the good stuff because God is good. That's Christmas. So, yeah, that was the first one. I loved what he said. How about you? 
No, I, I agree with everything you just said. And for some reason, we do tend to hold on to the negative things more than we do right. the positive things and things that are good. And the truth is, is whatever it is we're focusing on, whatever that is, you know, we're, we're creatures of mind, body, and spirit. That's how our Lord made us, mind, right. body, and spirit. So everything we put in our mind, our body is going to feel, and that's going to impact our spirit. So, you know, we really, if it, just by changing our perspective, right? Focusing right. on what really matters, focusing on the good thing, releasing the negativity, the anger, the poison, the bitterness, that can make a, a huge difference and impact us in so, so many ways. So Absolutely. you're right. Bitterness is poison. but the uh, And the opposite of that, changing our perspective, that's what brings us peace. Right. right. And we and we can choose to do that. Um, even if we're, you know, in a place that's not so great. Um, I'm not saying to have a falsity in it, but we can make a huge difference in the things that we choose to focus on. Right. Right. Well, and, and like I said, if you talk about the Christmas season and that's one of the things that's being lost is the Christmas season is about God, the actor of our salvation. Not, not that we're the actor, we're the recipient. So no matter what your circumstance, the Bible says that God in God entered into the eternal aspect of whatever that circumstance is and overcame it for you. So it's not just this baby Jesus stuff and let's have some gifts. It's right. way more than that. Okay. So one of the ones that I saw um, that, I, that I really uh, appreciate, and I think that a lot of people need to learn to do today, and I'm not just saying uh, pointing the finger at others, but I'm, I'm saying that this is something for myself too. And I try to teach people how to do this is saying, I'm sorry, and I'm wrong. It's a strength. It is not a thing of weakness. It is not something that you do because you, you're weaker than somebody else. Um, it actually is a, a, is a, it's a position of strength to to acknowledge that you have actually been responsible for doing something that's wrong. Why are you smiling right now? <laughs> <laughs> this is usually this this discussion usually is the opposite way. The men are saying, "I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for to, to have your wife, gentlemen, to have your wife say, you know what, honey, I am sorry. Oh my gosh." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, in, in the male-female wars of today, this is a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, this wasn't supposed to be that, but okay. I love that you're bringing that in. By I'm the just way. teasing you, dear. But it is a strength. No, it is. It really is. And if you haven't been a very nice person, you know, apologize to those that have an apology coming to them and then strive to repair that damage of your past wrongdoings. You know, sometimes people, I mean, just think that it's enough to say, I'm sorry. And neglect the repair work that's involved in it. You know, both are very important to helping re heal and restore relationships. And it also helps us, you know, whenever we acknowledge our wrong and, and make it better, whatever it was, or try to correct it to the best of our ability, we feel better as a person about ourselves. And that's so important too. And and you look at Scrooge, you know, he was an older person, character in this story. There, um, You know, he, he had started being bitter in his youth as a young man um, and had lived the majority of his life that way and had really neglected the needs of people around him and made people really miserable when he could have had the opportunity to bless them. And it's never, ever too late. I don't care how much time has passed by. It is never too late to correct a wrong. Yeah. And, you know, people forget, too, that forgiveness, just like blessing, uh, we're resourced to do that. And one of the ways that we're resourced to do that, like you were saying, that's why he neglected it. He thought he was his own resource um, when in reality, God is our resource. And so right. the reason why we forgive is not just, you know, it, it's not out of our resource capacity for forgiveness, because that's not a very 
deep resource either. Uh, and we might say, well, if I forgave and they didn't forgive me back, what kind, you know, what did that do? No, it's about first saying, uh, Lord, I receive from you. Um, and, and so, you know, he resources, he forgives us. That becomes this incredible ocean of resource of forgiveness and mercy. Well, if you hoard it, and you don't give it away, then that mm-hmm. it, it you know metastasizes in you, and that's like what you said. The strength is to share it, mm-hmm. and and that means to make yourself vulnerable, even to some people who may not always appreciate the fact. That's that's that a good point. Yeah, they might not appreciate it. They may no, not right. want to receive it, but it's important for you to do it. I appreciate it too. I want you to know that. I didn't say anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love to tease my wife. She is so special. I mean, I am. I've got I've got a lot of reasons why I need to be on my knees, but it's occasionally nice for her to say the same thing. Occasionally, honey, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> anyway, so what's um, another one that you found uh, oh, compelling well, you know, or that hit you that he that he highlighted? Well, this is one that everybody's probably going to say they believe. I don't know if they do or not, though, where he t- says it's better to give than to receive. And so, you know, again, you know, in Scrooge's case, he was a hoarder. I mean, that's he, mm-hmm. he thought, the, you know, and and sometimes people actually mistaken. They mistake the American ideal of of striving, you know, to, to be self-reliant, and all that kind of stuff as hoarding. No. We just say, I want to be free to, to earn my keep so I have stuff to give away. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the true American ideal if you, th- you think back on it. But it's better to give to, than receive. And, and so a generous heart is a happy heart. And it, 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 it enlivens and it brings joy to others. Um, so one of the first things Scrooge does in this, in this uh, story is he shares his wealth. Uh, once he shares his gains in life, he begins to reap happiness and his energy level soars immediately. And in a lot of ways, what happens is it, it comes back to him. You know, generosity always returns. And so, yes. you know, I think it's I don't know about you, but I think what's so sad about the Christmas uh, season is that for many people now, it starts on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. That's Christmas preparation. And for the church people, and you can hear me out, we've talked about this. Christmas is, it doesn't start till Christmas day for the church people. And really Black Friday is the beginning of, you know, that time period right after Thanksgiving is the beginning of Advent. It's getting your heart right. It's a season of repentance. It's a season of focusing on your need for God, not your need for gifts. Mm-hmm. And so I think to some degree, uh, we got to wake up to that. You know, we got to wake up to that in our country because giving is better than receiving, especially when you receive from the God who says, I will never stop giving you what you need. Right. You know, I was listening one last thing that, you know, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, right? That Everyone talks about that. One takes in the blessings of water and gives it out and it remains vibrant and, be- and the other one takes it in and hoards it and it dies. Mm-hmm. But I do love the Dead Sea though. <laughs> you can walk on water there <laughs> literally just don't fall in it because it'll burn your eyes out <laughs> yeah but like what you were saying about you know the presence and 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 it was you know we tend to focus on presence and it's not really the things that matter it's it's the one's character and one's relationship and that's why i think focusing uh, on, on what the real reason is of the season, uh, sharing of yourself, uh, listening to other people, spending time with other people, um, serving them in whatever way that, that you can and that would be helpful to them. I think that those are beautiful gifts. It yeah. doesn't have to be things. Um, so uh, one of the things um, can, that I, I enjoyed that um, Webb 
also mentioned as a lesson from the story is um, the power of envisioning the future. I, when I first read that, I was like, hmm, what, is, what does he mean by that? And what he means is that every decision you make today, every decision you make will have an impact on your tomorrow and other people's tomorrow. Right. So we should always take a moment to consider the long-term impact of our behavior. So what will your life look like five years from now if you do not change? How will it look 10 years from now or perhaps even 20 years from now? Now think ahead as if you have corrected any problems in your life and envision how your world unfolds if you do make some changes. Right. How will your future look then? And I think that there's, that's a great suggestion. I think that's something wonderful to learn. And, and we, we do this a lot when we, we're doing therapy, um, the power of envisioning the future. And I think when people actually start to think that way, they make better decisions. Right. Because it gets you out of your feeling mode and into your head mode. And you make better decisions when you're in your head. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong to make decisions of the heart. But when you can have those two close together and you're making a heart and head decision, you, you're pretty much guaranteed it's going to be a good decision. Yeah. And if, if you root, like you said, too, if you root that, if we go back to the bitterness thing, too, you know, bitterness projects itself out forward, too. Mm -hmm. And then you go back into the Bible and realize that God makes you a lot of promises and he actually makes you a lot of promises about the future. And so he does want you to plan. He does want you to number your days. And then but always in the in the, the fact that surely goodness and mercy, like Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if you're his person. Well, then you begin to assume that that's what's going to happen in the future or assume that there's going to be a way through trouble and assume that there's going to be blessing in the future because that's just who God is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we don't have to be afraid because we know that we're that he's always with us, right? And everything, right. anything that we're going through is temporary. So, you know, any emotions we're feeling, we don't need to be afraid of them. You know, we need to allow ourselves to feel it, not always guard ourselves so carefully like Scrooge was doing, uh, that he never truly felt any sadness or, or loss or joy of laughter. Because, you know, when you see angry people, that's really what they're doing. It's right. easier to stay in a state of anger than to allow yourself to be vulnerable, like you were saying. So I think that's a very good lesson to learn there as well. Yeah, I think, and sometimes you got to be careful, like even It's a Wonderful Life, which we both love that movie and Scrooge, mm -hmm. you know, they talk about the power of friendship and the power of family. And there is definitely power in friendships and in family. But again, the Bible says, be careful there too. The, the resource for all of the stuff we're talking about is the, is the resource that comes from your relationship with God that you then actually express with your friends and family, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always important to realize because sometimes even family can turn on you. Sometimes even friends can turn on you. And then you can be forced into a Scrooge situation because you're like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. Look what they're doing to me. Well, mm -hmm. that's where, again, even our resource at that point in God actually says you don't have to be a Scrooge even there. That's right. And, and you know, we can't control other people's behaviors, right. thoughts, actions, but we can. Um, you know, control our own and also how we receive that kind of information and feedback from other people and how, yeah, and what we choose to do with that. So, you know, uh, again, I think living by the golden rule, the way the Lord and treat others the way that, that, you know, we would want to be treated and the way the Lord would want us to treat other people in spite of that kind of situation is, is something that we, we have the ability to choose. 
Yeah, and that was another thing he pointed out, right? I mean, in his mm -hmm. uh, lessons to be learned. And you and I talk about this all the time over coffee, uh, mm -hmm. whenever we have our morning coffee. Um, the golden rule used to be don't do what you do to others, what you don't want them to do to you. That was the way people of that era thought before Jesus came along. Well, mm -hmm. when when God is constantly at work doing good things for you, Jesus turns the golden rule into something very positive. Do unto others. So do, do. Do, do. <laughs> Not don't do, do, do. But do unto others. It was an, it was an active lifestyle, and that's where the Bible and Christmas, and even the Scrooge story, the you know the Christmas Carol makes makes that big leap. You know, be active in being positive to others, and because you know God is the one who finally uh, invests in us. And and the reason why again, you can be confident that that's the right way to live. It's kind of like investing. Um, you know, if you invest money in a bank, you know, we just had this FTX. I think that was the name of it, where it all lost all of its money. And people are saying, why did it happen? Well, if you put your money in a bank, what do they say? It's a It's guaranteed by the FDIC to $100,000 no matter what happens, right? And there's certain places. And, and the question finally is, can they fulfill that promise? I mean, if we lose everything, will they still have 100000 to give me? You know? Well, mm -hmm. that's what Jesus is saying. Trust me. Because if you do unto others what you want them to do unto you, I'm the one who said that's the way to live. You can bank on it. And no matter what happens you know, in your daily life, uh, I'll make it right for you. And that's a beautiful promise. It's a much better way to live. Yes, it is. Okay, so what's another one that you enjoyed? Well, the last one was that for me was to just associate with cheerful people. <laughs> you know, I've always <laughs> said this. That's why I'm your best friend. Oh, well, it is. And and when I tell you what, hey folks, when when Marie is smiling, Greg <laughs> is smiling. And and I mean that sincerely because when the people that are closest to you are happy and joyful and and they can look at even hard things with uh, you know, with a positive spirit. It definitely rubs off on you too. And so the best thing you can do for your spouse is try to be that kind of person. And that doesn't, you know, sometimes it's going to be tough, you know, because we all get overwhelmed by things, but try to be that kind of person again, uh, because that man, that just multiplies in your relationship. And I, I think that was the one associated with cheerful people, positive people, uh, mm -hmm. keep you feeling that way as well as looking for the, the best in things. And I don't ever want to lose that, even though the even though Washington, D.C. tries to take that spirit out of me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does temporarily get the best of you. I'll say yeah. that. But, you know, it's part of your purpose here. And so if you take it seriously, it is going to impact you sometimes when things don't go quite yeah. so, so well. Right. Yeah. And, and we need to, you know, the best thing you can do is acknowledge that that's happening, right? Well, and I tell people, I said, you know, I used to be the one that talked about the final solution, the, the blessing solution of Jesus, you know, his cross, his resurrection. That's the solution. Get right with God. That's the Christmas message. And don't ever put your faith in politics. And that's that's been a hard lesson because I deal with a lot of political stuff now. And that's never the best solution. It's it, if even if it is a solution, it's often the lesser of two evils. So sometimes you and Debbie, uh, Devin, uh, our daughter, have to remind me, uh, Dad. You know, you still are a Christian, and you're still talking about the blessings of faith in Christ. That's still the solution. You know, even though your work is not as focused on that as it was before, uh, you don't forget. <laughs> That's right. And I don't. <laughs> so the last one I'm going to share is that Christmas is a state of mind. Christmas is about, you know, sharing from our own blessings to those in need, spreading goodwill to others and demonstrating compassion and forgiveness, as we were talking about. And it's a time when we need 
and tend and should tend uh, to show a better side of ourselves. And that is why Scrooge vowed that he would keep Christmas in his heart all year round. So in closing, can you share that line from the story? Yeah. And, and I, I, again, that's the power of Christmas. There's something Mm -hmm. unique about Christmas folks. You got to get to get right with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's the line. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. That's right. Love it, love it, love it. So Merry Christmas and always remember there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you this Christmas and always giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See See you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.